Welcome back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I'm Dan Rhino. Um, oh, drug that out on me. <laughs> How about uh, that? I'm Jessica Rhino. Kind of threw you off there. Threw you, you a little curveball. You did. I was ready to go, and um, you you threw me off. We're continuing our journey through Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, talking about Chapter 10 this week, Luna Lovegood. Luna! Uh, before we get into that, uh, Jess, you just finished your first week. Of your new career at the library. I did, Daniel. How's the library? It's it's everything exactly the way you expected it to be. Uh, That's what you told me. There was no surprises, no uh, alterations to uh, what was in your head of what you expected a day-to-day library to be. When did I say this? I don't don't think I said that. No, you actually told me the exact opposite of that. Yeah. You told me that the library is totally different than the way you thought it was going to be or that we remember it being kind of as a kid. Yeah, it's... um, There's another girl who started the day after me, and she asked me on my second day. You're kind of the grizzled veteran. Yes, I'm I'm not the rookie. She is. It's kind of cool. But uh, she asked me, so she's like, you started yesterday? And I said, yeah. She said, so how was it? And I said, um, apparently it's 80% giving out diapers. Mm-hmm. And the rest is computer questions. And sometimes people check out check out a book or two. That, sound, yeah, that sounds kind of what I thought it was. I figured, I figured it would be... Diapers. At least 70% diaper handing out. I, didn't, I wouldn't go as high as 80, so that's a little surprising to me. Well, I was corrected. Um, the the manager, assistant manager, whatever he said. I think I think the diapers is a little lower. It just seemed it was skewed that way because we got a delivery of a size size six is very popular. Very and popular, it, and of it course. runs out right away. Knows. And we got a delivery of diapers, and there was like a mad rush mm-hmm. on my first day. So on my, it was a little misleading the first day. It's very but diaper heavy. Very diaper heavy. It's at least 70% diapers. So the library, the public library, you were kind of comparing it to more of like a like a community center kind of atmosphere? The, the actual branch manager said that it's more like a community center at I mean, because there's point. like places where, you said there's like a place where people can just like hang out and have and eat a snack. There's yeah, there's like vending kid, machines kids and play like tables. And there's, yeah, there's down on the lower level, there's a play area. Kind of sounds like a boys and girls club almost. Yeah, and we got some books. Mm-hmm. But it's mostly, like, if people are coming up to check out, it's mostly movies and video games. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sad. Nobody nobody really reads the books. But occasionally, somebody picks, somebody checks out a book. Uh, well, you know, they told you that you have some freedom. You could start book clubs. You could do Yeah, basically, book, I can do whatever I want. Stuff. So it's, if you want to kind of... Uh, saddle up and get, throw something like that together. Maybe you can uh, spark some interest in some young readers. There you go. They they said they're very, just their demographic is like parents with really young kids, mm-hmm. toddlers, preschool, and um, then like the retired folks. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of missing that middle. We need to do a Harry Potter trivia night <laughs> is what we need to do. The middle part of your life from middle from elementary school to before you the retire form- the formative years <laughs> to right before you retire <laughs> where you that do whole sections missing. most of the stuff in your life yes of any meaning <laughs> that's those are the people we got to get we need to do a harry potter trivia night we do so first week there's a spooky trivia night coming up i think it's virtual i was gonna see if mm. if the gang wanted to try it out 
It's kinda goofy with a spooky little girl like you. Yeah. Spooky. I um, I was poking around the front desk reading all of the literature and the handouts and such, and I saw the spooky trivia virtual Interesting. night. I was like, okay, might have to try it. We did the virtual Harry Potter trivia. Mm-hmm. That was fun. And so when are you quitting? I'm not quitting. <laughs> you told me to quit. Well, somebody, you said that you had a day where everybody brought in their favorite snacks to share. Mm-hmm. Somebody brought in a veggie plate and a fruit plate and somebody brought in almond joys. And I said, just quit. You don't want to work with those people. <laughs> <laughs> Sociopaths. Somebody brought in chili cheese dip and other chips and, and cotton candy. And there were other things. But since we had just talked about the, the, the Mounds bars the night before, I had to take a picture of it and send it to you. Uh, Mounds and almond joy, the worst. They're just the worst. Oh, there's some really nasty candies. Yeah, I just named them. Mountain <laughs> Almond Joys. Uh, so, uh, speaking of Almond Joys, let's get into uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. See that smooth transition Smooth, there? smooth. Uh, last time we talked about Chapter 9, The Woes of Mrs. Weasley. A long, depressing chapter. Did she receive Almond Joys as a gift? Probably. That's probably why she was so sad. Probably. See? There's a transition there. Uh, Harry and Arthur run across Cornelius Fudge and Lucius Malfoy having secret meetups. Harry's on the emotional roller coaster this chapter, going back and forth between happy and sad. Uh, the book lists for the upcoming school year have arrived, and not only that, but Her- Hermione and Ron have been chosen as prefects for the upcoming school year. Woo! Not Harry, though. Oh. At the beginning, at the end of the chapter, Molly has gone upstairs to take care of that boggart that was locked in the desk, and when battling a boggart, you are shown your greatest fear, and Molly sees the images of her children all dead over and over and over again and it turns out she's been having these nightmares like this for quite some time so pretty uh pretty positive and uplifting chapter to kind of yeah get us going in a good way right before we get go back to school it's like she just wanted to keep reminding us it's like yay we're reading a harry potter book this is fun no it's not don't Mm -hmm. forget this one's not this one's darker don't forget and she can't she has to keep keep reminding us this is the darker book. We've grown up a little bit. Things have happened. They're going to find out that they have like uh, like lead-based paint in the in the house and everybody's going to get sick or there's like radon. Or there's <laughs> there's like a that. lot of nasty stuff in there's that house. There's going to be a lot of silent killers in this, uh, mm-hmm. in this book. But chapter 10 we're going to talk about today, Luna Lovegood. I love Luna. Uh, so I was just going to ask you why you've always told me that. You've always had a, a soft spot in your heart for Luna. What makes Luna one of your favorite characters in these books? Well, I also have to point out that I, I had to, I when we were first buying Pops, we were very keeping it very limited. Funko Pops, yes, Funko Pops. We were keeping it very limited, and I found a Luna with the lion hat on, and I said, I was like squealing, "Oh my God, we have to have this!" And you looked at me like I was crazy. You didn't get it. Why do we have to have this okay if you say so? And I said, you'll get it eventually. And you're still waiting for that day. Mm-hmm. But you'll, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it on the shelf right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, it's right up there. Next to Jenny. Next, next to Fox. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I love Luna. Um, she's a fun character. She's She starts off really strange. And she never is, like, completely stereotypically normal. She starts off strange, she's strange in the middle, middle and, and she ends strange. strange. <laughs> that's like when I run a marathon. I start off fast, I go fast in the middle, and I end fast. That's, that's my goal. That's a good strategy. All, I don't all, know why everybody doesn't do know. that. People are idiots. Yep. Um, yeah, I just love Luna. I, you'll, you'll find out. Uh, so a bit of a hectic morning, trying to get an entire family of young wizards packed up and out the door so we, so we don't miss the Hogwarts Express. And Harry and the crew are kind of rolling with a deep crew to the uh, King's Cross, aren't they? They have the guard. They've got quite quite the entourage with them. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and are they they're kind of splitting up groups, too? Yeah. Like they don't want to put all their eggs in one basket? <laughs> Well, I don't want to draw too much attention. Uh-huh. If, you know, somebody would notice a big, huge group. 
Um, Kids carrying birds. <laughs> Tonks is even in disguise. It's because, you know, there are still some people with the minis- that are in the group that are kind of, that are involved in the ministry and they don't want to be known or associated with the group. You know what I mean? They're kind of, mm-hmm. I don't want to say undercover. That's not quite right because they're not undercover at the ministry. They work at the ministry. They just don't want to. Clandestine. They, <laughs> they don't want their, uh, after work activities to be known by their employer. Neither do I, honestly. <laughs> Who does? Who does? Um, but yeah, and then I also thought it was kind of strange or kind of cool that Molly is the one basically escorting Harry. Nobody mm-hmm. really thinks of Molly as being intimidating yeah. or anything. And if, if Harry's the real target, because he said, why do we have to travel with the guard? Mine's like, well, we don't. You do. Mm-hmm. You have to travel with the guard. But then it's Tonks, and who's not much older than the kids, and Molly. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think of that. And it's kind of just kind of cool that, you know. There's nothing scarier than a, a mama wolf when you come after her cubs, though. Yeah. This so is very true. There's something there to that. Uh, we know that the perfect... We know that the, the perfect... Uh, <laughs> I prefect in my notes, mm-hmm. and I read it as perfect. Uh, we know that the prefect thing was going to be a bit awkward for Harry with Ron and Hermione being chosen instead of him. But Harry probably thought that the awkwardness was going to at least last until they got to Hogwarts. It wasn't going to be super awkward as soon as they got on the train. Yeah. I mean, he probably figured there'd be some stuff once they got to school, but not immediately on the train. So as soon as we get on the train, Harry's like, hey, let's look for a cart. A com- compartment or whatever they call it to, to sit in together. And Hermione's like, uh, yeah, actually. We gotta go. We, gotta we got some go stuff to, to do. a special cart for just the prefects for a meeting. And then we've got to kind of do patrol and check in. I thought it was weird that they had to lug all their stuff with them. Like, why not go get a car and put all your stuff down and then go to the prefect's car? That's a little. Uh, little things that J.K. Rowling didn't work out. She worked out every little detail about the Wizarding World, except for just like the little... the logic of the luggage. Yeah, like it just like seemed that. weird that they had to lug all their stuff to to the meeting. But it's just like, okay, I'm excited to to get back to because for Harry, Hogwarts is comfort. Even though he's tried to be murdered every year, mm-hmm. that's like his safe space. That's his comforting place. I'm out of this house i'm definitely out of the dursley's house i'm back in a place where i have thrived despite the fact that people have tried to murder me every year and i'm back to some sem- semblance of, of normalcy for me whatever that is for harry and going forward the rest of his life but as soon as he gets on the train he's separated from his two best friends and it just kind of reminds him of yeah, they got picked and I didn't. It's just another part of that emotional roller coaster that he's on. Yeah. And I get that, but then at the same time, like when it was when I was reading it, I was like, "Oh, that that's not, you know, that's not fun. His his friends are leaving him." And then he literally turned around and it's Jenny's like, "Okay, well, let's go find some place to sit." And I'm like, "Oh, it's fine. Jenny's there. You're not alone." <laughs> Quit whining. <laughs> Go sit with Jenny. <laughs> like, I get that it's your friend's little sister, and that's kind of weird, but not really at this point. You know, he's not after all house. the stuff they've been through. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, just go hang out with Jenny. You're not alone. Get over it. <laughs> uh, so it's Harry, Jenny, and Neville. Yeah, they run into Neville. And there's really only one semi empty compartment available, and the only person inside is. I believe Neville says Looney Lovegood. Jenny calls her. Looney. Jenny Jenny called her that. Okay, yeah. I thought Neville called called her that. Je- Neville just Neville said there was no place to sit. Oh, okay. I'm like, what like, are you talking about? There's one right here. He had already discarded that idea. He was like, Nope, can't sit in there. So we know it's Luna Lovegood, but I'm guessing the Looney Lovegood name has has been bantied about hogwarts because of how odd how odd and goofy she is yes okay and we're gonna get a lot of that uh but why is neville so like trepidatious about sharing a cart with luna 
Um, well, he like, said... I could see, like, it's, I could see her, like, being odd, but she's not, like, scary. No, <laughs> but he... I read it more of... Because he made a comment about, well, I didn't want to bother anybody. I took it as he was looking for an empty car to sit in. They're... And they didn't go check all the other cars. Jenny just said, oh, well, this one's fine. We can sit in here. And so I kind of wonder what, how many other cars only had one or two kids sitting in it. And he could have very well gone in there. Mm-hmm. But for Neville, I feel like with him, he, he said he didn't want to disturb anybody. But probably like the fear of being rejected, like walking into a car that already had kids in it and being like, hey, can I sit with you guys? And them being like, uh, no, because mm-hmm. Neville's also kind of an oddball. Yeah. So I feel like it was more, it was less that it was Luna and more that it was Neville. Neville didn't want to go into a car. And then could you imagine going into the car with Luna and being like, hey, can I sit in here? And her being like, ew, no. (laughs) You got rejected by the other reject Mm. in the group. So the book says Luna gave off a sense of dottiness. And dottiness is... It's kind of a synonym for like ditzy or like brainless, and that to me that seems like a little bit mean. I, I is quirky a better term? Um, I think she's kind of both though. She's quirky, and then like she just is often described as like airy and spacey, and mm-hmm. you don't really know what she's talking about half the time. But like, like I said, dottiness like brain brainless. And she's a Ravenclaw. Yeah, so that doesn't make sense. I mean, clearly, she's very clever. Seems like there could have been a better term used there. But, or maybe I just don't understand British people. Possibly. That is quite possible. <laughs> but I think it's just like... Um, it says she gives off the air. It doesn't say she actually is. And it's kind of a first impression thing. Like, I don't know that they knew she was in Ravenclaw until... Jenny said it, um, you might look at somebody and just, maybe they just, you know, the whole joke about blondes, they might, she's blonde and oh, you know, what she's kind of. Jokes about blondes. They, some people say that blondes are kind of ditzy. What? What? Yeah. You haven't heard those no, jokes? I've never heard that. I hear I've them I've been all blind the time. my whole life. Yeah. Well, I, maybe they just don't say them in front of you. News to me. I just assume everybody was. They were whispering behind my back. They were just saying how nice of a guy I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Luna, yeah, first impression, maybe. Luna has her wand behind her ear. She's wearing a necklace of bottle caps, and she's reading a magazine upside down. So, yeah, a little different. Different. Uh, some of Luna's reactions and deliveries... Of she lines in this the, chapter. The are, big eyes, are too, very... doesn't help. <laughs> you like this? Like the anime This is what I'm doing? Yeah. You can't, people can't see, but I'm making my hands look like big eyes on my face. Uh, some of her deliveries and reactions are very quirky. Like there's the line where she said, where she's just talking, she goes, You, you know, you're Harry Potter. Like, you, you're Harry Potter. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> Jenny asked her how her summer was, and she was like, oh, it was a really good summer, you know. You're Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> That's like stuff my kindergartners say to me at school. <laughs> like, you're wearing glasses today. <laughs> you have a tie on. Mr. Rhino! There's a you dog got, on your shirt. You got Spider-Man on your shirt! <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, I do. It's just like observations of the world. It's just like life through like a four or five year old. <laughs> like I saw a rainbow. Okay. <laughs> My cousin bought a truck. Okay, but we're we're trying to go to the bathroom right now. Mm-hmm. Do you need to go to the bathroom? <laughs> I got my mom said for my birthday I can get a frog for a pet. <sighs> bathroom. You do know you, you're do Harry you need Potter. to go. It just so the interactions with Luna in this chapter. Remind me of something that you and I have talked about a lot. The interactions that we have with people like at Comic Cons. Mm -hmm. Some of the nicest people in the world, but also some of the most socially awkward in the world. And it's, it's not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just that 
Comic Cons tend to attract a certain personality of people. <laughs> well, we just talked about this a lot this week too with the library. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of a lot of people who are really really into books are introverts, mm-hmm. and for them, you know, going out to even like a convention, like I went to BookCon and stuff, or to the library where you have to interact with people, it's can, can be very awkward. Because they'd rather just stay at home and read their books. But you have to go somewhere to get books sometimes. Mm-hmm. Not anymore with... Yeah. All the apps, <laughs> with, with downloads, all, yeah. all, everything. Online shopping and everything. That's the best thing that's ever happened to introverts. It really is. Uh, so Neville in this chapter, of course, going to do Neville stuff. He gets out some new cactus plant he has. And it shoots green slime over the place. All at the exact time that Cho Chang comes in to say hello to Harry. Oh, so we're off to a good start. I like how he's like, yeah, it does this really cool thing. Oops. Well, I've never actually done it before. (laughs) (laughs) Neville. Now, see, Neville and Luna are really... Match made in heaven. Really very (laughs) similar, but for some reason, the package that Luna's working with makes her just a little too strange for people, and... Everybody just kind of chuckles at Neville, and it's like, oh, Neville. Ron and Hermione return from their patrol, and we learn, of course, that Draco Malfoy has also been chosen as a prefect this year. Of course. So it's going to be a fun year. So who monitors the prefects to make sure they're not abusing their power? Because, to me, giving kids... The ability to punish other kids seems super irresponsible and just would not play out in, in our schools. I know, and it doesn't make well any sense because everything at Hogwarts is very, very safe and responsible. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would assume the heads of houses. So McGonagall's going to keep tabs on Ron and Hermione and, and Snape's going to keep tabs on Malfoy. So Malfoy is just going to get free reign this year, pretty much? Probably. But just the fact that they can... Somebody your own age can give you a consequence. That just... It's the, it seems like the worst idea that well, and then there's, a lot of smart people have come up with. There's the head boy and head girl, too. Those are the older kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do prefects only have... Authority over the younger kids? I don't know. This is another one where we don't really understand British society and how they run their their schools. I would assume if you have a problem with it, you could always... If you got detention from Malfoy, you could... Appeal plead, it. Appeal <laughs> it. Appeal your ca- plead your case to somebody higher up. Yeah, but then you're just pleading to somebody probably higher up within that same house, and then higher up within that same house to Snape or whatever. So, mm-hmm. And if that doesn't get you the results you believe you deserve, then you would go back, go to your head of house and be like, hey, can you talk to them? Because this is ridiculous. It seems like a lot of trouble for something that, like, I can understand, like, having... It's like having hall monitors, That's though. what I could say, but hall monitors can't give detention. And hall monitors and bathroom monitors and... They go back and tattle. Yes. <laughs> is what they do. But they can't just hand out, you know, writing. Uh, Ron was talking about he was going to give Crab or Goyle a, a writing assignment. You know, that he was going to have to write sentences over and over and over again. You know, that, I just, it just, to me, it seems like a horrible, horrible mistake in the whole system that just probably should be just got, gotten rid of. I can understand, like, wanting to have, like, a, like you said, like a hall monitor or like a, a, a captain who's of the house who's like a conduit through which, you know, if the head of the, if McGonagall needs to talk to somebody, she would go talk to the, the captains of the, of the house. Mm-hmm. But prefects being able to, to hand out punishments to me, it just seems really like a horrible idea. And we don't know for sure that's exactly how it works. That's how they're daydreaming that it would work. Maybe it doesn't take effect immediately. I can't just walk up to you and be like, hey, you have detention this afternoon. Maybe I, they have to report it to the head boy or girl or, or McGonagall. 
and say, hey, I saw this person doing this and I gave them detention. Maybe it's got to get like a stamp of approval. We don't know for sure. Well, this chapter is all about, uh, well, it's titled, not all about, but it's titled Luna Love Good. And we get another Luna moment when she erupts in laughter at a comment that Ron makes. Just a way over the top reaction that fits in well it with said she screamed. what we already know about her. Yeah. I can't even, like, you know, of course I picture the Luna from the movies and I just can't even imagine her having, like, a fit of giggles. Even, not, not even the screaming, just the fit of giggles. Like, she's just way too calm and composed all the time. So this made me have to look up something. Yeah? A British term. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had to look up what taking the mickey meant. Yeah. I was like, for a second, I'm like, on drugs? <laughs> and I have in my notes here. <laughs> Thought it was a drug reference. Thought it was a drug reference. Uh, Me too at first. So when Luna is just laughing hysterically at what Ron said about he was going to make Crab or Goyle right, like, I... I I will not look like the back end of a buffoon. Yeah, something like that. A baboon, not a buffoon. I don't know why. I said <laughs> either or. Either either one works. So Ron asks Luna if she was taking the Mickey when she laughs super hard at Ron's joke. And I thought it was like, like, are you acting weird because you're on drugs? Or are you like taking Mickeys? Like, <laughs> but apparently it means like, are you making fun, fun of, of me? me? Yeah. Are you giving me a hard time? Are you taking the Mickey on me? Again, I just I, I guess I just don't understand I British terminology. I had heard it once before or looked it up before, but still, my first thought was, is he asking her if she's on drugs? Oh, no, wait. British, it means, are you making fun of me? Mm -hmm. So Luna is reading this magazine called The Quibbler. Quibbler. What would you compare this magazine to? Is this like the National Enquirer of the Wizarding World? I suppose so. Um, it has some pretty... I mean, Harry gets his hands on it here in a second. And it has some crazy, crazy articles. But it's kind of weird. They all start off okay. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me of... I used to work with this girl. And she would always come in with this crazy story. About something that happened to her, and I told everybody else in the in the in the that I worked with, all my other coworkers, I said, you know, I'm pretty sure you can believe everything she says until she takes that breath, and then, and that's all fake. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like that. It's like you start off okay with a good idea, you make some good points, and then it completely derails, and it makes no sense. For example, there is an article that kind of catches. Harry's attention it says something like Sirius Black is he like the most uh, villain or victim yeah like the most villainous man on the on the planet or is he innocent throughout this whole thing and Harry's like well the people are starting to believe the truth I must, I <laughs> I, I must read this article and then it's about how Sirius it Sirius couldn't have killed those people because Sirius was not even his real name. He was really the uh, lead singer of this band, and he wasn't even couldn't even have been there that night because he was there with this person having a romantic dinner. <laughs> it was, yeah. The first part of the article starts off okay, saying, "Is it? Could this be true? Could this not be true? He did he spend time in Azkaban for no reason to be punishing an innocent man?" Harry's like, "This is great." I've got it on great authority, this letter from so-and-so or interview with so-and-so, and she says that it can't be true. He he didn't kill those people because he's actually the lead singer of this other band and had a romantic dinner with her that night, and there's no way. And she's been writing letter to, letters to the Ministry of Magic, and she, they're going to clear his name any day now. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> so it's the National Enquirer. Yeah... Yeah. My favorite, I used to love going to the grocery store and reading the, the headlines. And there was one that said, like, alien Bible found, dot, 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 they worship Oprah. Nice. <laughs> I'm sure she was pleased about that. Yep, I would think so. I would think you'd be uh, 
Very flattered. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. Uh, so we arrive at Hogwarts, and there's a few things of note here. First, Hagrid, who normally greets the first-year students, is nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. Something we need to keep our eyes on, probably. And Professor Grubby Plank is a woman? I, I thought I thought she was a man. It's 2022, Jess. You can do whatever you want. Don't tell J.K. Rowling that, but... <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I don't... I just... From some other context, or... I thought it went in the, the video game. But maybe it's not Grubby Plank in the video game. It's somebody else, because it's before. Okay, never mind. I got my characters confused. But I was confused. Good job, though. Good good recovery. Sorry. You, you stuck the landing. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! It was a little, it was a little sloppy on the uh, the dismount, but you stuck to landing. That's all that matters. <laughs> uh, second, usually the students are pulled in horseless carts to the castle, but Harry notices something different this time, doesn't he? He does, and again, I was a little confused. It's been a long time since I've read these books, and I was like, oh. This is where this is? This this scene is here? I was thinking it was later. But, um, yeah. So, we... Harry sees these basically hideous black-winged skeleton horses and wants to know what's up. So, he asks Ron. And Who, of course, doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. He's like, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. And I was kind of waiting for Hermione to pop up and say the line that she says in the movies, but that never happened. But yeah, he said, like, literally turned Ron to face him, face the horse, mm -hmm. like, nose to nose, and he saw nothing. And he was very confused. So, that's part of what's unique about this, and I'm sure we're going to get more of it later, because this is one of the ones, one of the scenes that I do remember from the movies. Uh, the classic line, also by Luna at the end, who can also see these creatures. And she's seen them since the first year. Mm -hmm. She's like, they're always here, every year. and no Which, I mean, think of, gosh, her first year, they took the boats, the, or maybe they didn't take the boats that year. There was like, I think there was one year that the first years didn't take them. Mm -hmm. But no, because I think Jenny's year, they did take them, and they, like, it rained really bad, and all the kids came and soaked or something. I don't remember. Um... But she said, yeah, I saw him the first year. I mean, that really had to be rough to come. You're already weird. Your first day at school. And you can see things that, other, that the rest of the kids can't see. Mm -hmm. Like, that's uh, just have to start your year off rough. And Luna gets the line, don't worry, you're just the same as I am. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah, very famous line. Mm -hmm. And Harry's like, great. <laughs> okay. And even the one before that, where she said, don't worry, you're not mad. I can see them, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and kind of says it, like, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. We all float down here. <laughs> <laughs> what? So there's obviously some connection uh, that Harry and Luna have that nobody else has because they can't see these creatures. And I feel like, too, this is also just adds more divide between... Ron and Hermione and Harry. Mm -hmm. So they've already, they're prefects, they're already going to these meetings and doing these things that he doesn't have to do, and then now also this. Well, Harry's got his new crew now. It's Luna, it's Jenny. <laughs> Luna, Jenny, Neville. and Neville. Yeah. Neville's frog. Trevor. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got a new crew. He's, he'll be fine. He made new friends. Trevor, the escape artist, who they can never keep tabs on. Uh, and that's going to do it for chapter 10. Luna Lovegood. Uh, we do have an email. Oh, an email. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's kind of a mix of uh, some uh, comments and then a little bit of a question at the end. So I'm just going to kind of give it all to you here and see what you think. Make good comments? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I don't want anybody not, like... not necessarily Not necessarily comments about the podcast, oh, okay. but more commentary on uh, the Harry Potter fandom in general. Oh, okay. Uh, this email sent to us, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com, comes from Ravenclaw Roxanne. Hi, Roxanne. It says, hi, Dan and Jess. I love how you watch the movies at the end of a book and are able to compare and contrast what you see. It has made me take more notice about how much, or about how much members of our fandom compare 
about these movies, though. People getting genuinely upset about the color of clothes, missing characters, and missing actors just sounds really silly to me. Turning a book into a film has to be an almost impossible task, and I happen to think the job was done amazingly well. I just find it a bit upsetting when people complain about it. What are your thoughts on this drama in our fandom? I guess so it's kind of a question about maybe the split between the people who are so pro-books that they kind of skew anti-movies and maybe some of the people that are so pro-movies that maybe they kind of skew anti-books a little bit. We know a person like that. Um, shh, I didn't say anything. Um, I like them both. So I don't know if I'm majority, the weird one in the middle, or if... I know there are people that complain about the movies. They don't really, they don't really complain about the books, but some people get like, well, I watched the movies and I loved them. I never read the books. And they feel like the book people get snooty with them mm -hmm. for not reading the books. Mm -hmm. So I could see where there'd be some bad blood there, I guess. Um, but the book people, you know, book people are always going to be disappointed by the movie. That's just the way it is. You can't take the context of a book and cram it into a two-hour movie. That's why there's been a big trend of switching over and doing TV series mm -hmm. with them. Although some of those are more successful than others. Um, there's bu budget issues there, too. Budget issues, do, time constraints. Yeah. Trying sometimes to keep a network and shareholders happy. They're just trying to make it more interesting. Uh, the, the Divergent movie, the first one. Things got a little crazy after the first one. But the first one, I thought they did a really good job sticking with the book. And then they kind of fixed a couple of things that I didn't like in the book. So that I thought didn't really make sense. I'm like, I don't remember exactly what they were, but I was, I liked that they changed a couple of things. But I know there are some, a lot of hardcore book people that are like, no, you can't change it. This is the book. Mm -hmm. But looking back, no author's perfect. There were mistakes that were made, things that were left out, left to, you know, like kind of a plot hole, didn't make sense, and it, they just went with it because it was in the book. You know, sometimes they have an idea in the first book, but then something changes in the second book and that thing doesn't pan out the way, and so it just kind of gets left. And I feel like those things can get fixed when you do the movie. But when I hear people complain about stuff from the movie, you know, yeah, they're always complaining about a character that got left out. You know, even on here, we talked about, I don't, I don't think she means us, but we talked about how different Fred and George are mm -hmm. in the books and in the movie. They're just portrayed very differently. And, you know, if you watched the first movie, you probably never would have thought that Neville was going to be a predominant character. There's just several things that Neville does that kind of get given to Ron or another character so they don't have to include him in the movie. And then, you know, the the elves, because they don't want to deal with the CGI, they their parts get cut a lot. The poltergeist stuff. You hardly meet Peeves, you know. You didn't realize that he was going to be a major player too and things like that. But I know there are also silly things, like they just complain about the color of Hermione's dress, but the Yule Ball was not mm -hmm. correct. Our teeth weren't big enough. Or, yeah, our teeth weren't <laughs> big enough. Our hair wasn't frizzy enough. And there's, totally off topic, there's a thing that keeps popping up on my Facebook, and it's like an article they want you to click on, and it says, characters in the movie versus what they should have looked like based off the book. Mm -hmm. I'm like... And they'll have, like, the picture of the actor or actress and then, like, a sketch drawing or something. Like, a, I mean, it's a, a fully fleshed photo. Or mm -hmm. it looks like a photo, but it's a picture, you know, an artist rendering. Yeah. And I'm like, you can't possibly know that. It's just you get a couple of details mm -hmm. and you put it together in your mind. There is no right or wrong Very of what yeah. a person looks like in the book. Uh, there was a question a while back about uh, Hermione and if she could be played by a black actress. Mm -hmm. And J.K. Rowling said, yeah, the only detail I give is that she has brown frizzy hair. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, kind of the teeth thing. Mm -hmm. 
a black girl could have brown frizzy hair. Or anybody could have brown frizzy hair. She doesn't talk about the color of her skin. Yeah. So it doesn't it it doesn't say. So really it could there's gaps that you have to fill in if you're making a movie. I think just people have such a, a strong connection to these books that it's not just like a passing feeling about them. They have such strong feelings and convictions about these books that when they get a picture in their head that is the character and if you are not if you get the wrong actor to portray that character or if you get the wrong uh, presentation of that character then then you're just wrong and you are and you're always going to be wrong and i'm never going to forgive you for it <laughs> because i feel so strong this is such a big for so, so many people harry potter has had such a big impact on their life you know not just like as fans of it but there's some people that harry potter is so much about who they are like harry potter they read it at a time like at a formative time in their life and it kind of helped shape who they are you know the generational books and movies will, will do that but when they when they make such a connection to it and they and they're so invested in it and they get this when you read i always tell my kids when you read a book if you're not seeing that movie playing in your head, you're not really reading the book. You're not really engrossed in that book. Like when I when I read this, I I picture the the headquarters, of the Order of Phoenix. I picture, and it's not necessarily what I saw in the in the movie either. You know, I'm picturing it as I'm reading it and kind of you know generating. And sometimes the you know the actors' faces will get in there, but a lot of times I'm generating these these pictures on my own especially for characters that i'm not super familiar with or characters that aren't even in the movies at all but some people are so in so engrossed and in love with these books or any kind of media that they might be really into they're so passionate about it that when what they see on the screen is not directly projecting what was in their head then that's where the vitriol comes in. That's where the negativity comes in. And Harry Potter, like you're saying, it's it's like its own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I can't think of really anything else that is on this level that I could compare. But I feel like... When I see other renderings, like like we looked at the um, the illustrated editions, mm-hmm. and for the most part, they're very similar to the visuals that we got from the movie, but there are some things that are not. And then I'm like, oh, that's not right. They didn't <laughs> do that right. Um, or even more so the characters if the characters or like the new additions with the new covers and the new whatever or posters that come out if harry doesn't look like daniel radcliffe mm-hmm. it kind of irks me because he is harry potter he's the face that we have known throughout this whole thing it's not like they've remade it and somebody else and was you know there's been a ton of superman superman's huge but there's been a ton of supermans and Batman's mm-hmm. things like that, and so it's okay to have Superman kind of drawn any which way, as long as he's got the dark hair and the little curl and mm-hmm. some big muscles, he can be drawn any which way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the underwear is on the outside, sometimes it's on the inside. <laughs> but Harry Potter's just different. Like we know these characters, we know what they look like, we've we've known nothing else, and so we feel like it's just kind of off when they look different. I guess. When you think of, just kind of wrap it up here. When you think of books that you've read, what are some that come to mind that you thought they did a really good job of translating it to the film? To where you were not upset about the film interpretation of it. Maybe you were even... uh, pleasantly surprised by the film interpretation of it or that it was very accurate to what you had pictured in your head uh, to what you read 
for me, the Hunger Games comes to mind. The first well, one, at least. Yeah, the, that was... Well, other than the, the Divergent movie uh-huh. that I mentioned earlier, the Hunger Games comes to mind. But those are also kind of different, too, because... The movies came out fairly quickly compared to the books. Were all three books out when the first movie came out? I don't believe so. So then they did that with the Divergent movies. The first book was out. I think maybe the second book was out. But then they started doing the movies. And Mm -hmm. the third book wasn't out yet Mm -hmm. when they started making these movies. So I feel like when they're that close that it's harder to separate the Mm -hmm. two. Um, But I also feel like they do a better job, too. So, like, when a, book, when a book comes out and then the script kind of dances around Hollywood for 15, 20 years, that's when they... And they feel like they got they have more leeway. Well, let's fl- freshen it up, make mm-hmm. it new so that mm-hmm. we can get people's interest again. Yep. I don't know what exactly the, the train of thought is for that, but I feel like they that's what they would say. Whereas if the book just came out and like, this book is out, it's hot, everybody loves it, let's make this book a movie. And they stick pretty close because yeah. that's what people want. Yeah. Clearly because they're excited about the book. Like, yeah. they're ex- And they're excited about it right now. Right now. They weren't excited about it, you know, a book that came out 40 years ago that's yeah. been adapted into a movie. We're not right. trying to get the, the now adults that were kids that mm-hmm. read this book back then. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing with Harry Potter. The books came out. I know there were several books out when the movie started, but then it got to where... They were coming out at the same time, not the same, you know, movie and book, but books were still coming out. The movies were coming out. Uh, anything else? Any other ones that kind of stand out to you? I think of uh, Watchmen, the graphic novel. I thought that the film adaptation of that, and they changed a few things that I thought was okay, but I thought for the most part they they still set it in the in the late 70s early 80s when they could have easily just brought it to the modern to the times. modern day which i don't think would have played as well i think that i like that they kept like the, the part of the story was that richard nixon like changed the laws so that he could keep being president and he's you know president into like the 1980s and uh there's you know the cold war is getting even worse and we're getting you know the the uh Doomsday clocks getting closer to nuclear war, and I don't think that plays as well, you know, in if we would have moved it up to 2022 rather than setting it back in the 1980s like like it was. So I thought that was one that that did a really good job. And just like Harry Potter fans, I know comic book fans can get a little snooty too about people that just watch the movies and oh, you never read the comics in the comics. He did this and. Like the Walking Dead TV show, there's a lot of people that were like that too. It was like, well, you just watched the show, you didn't read the books in the books. This character did this and this, and I'm just like, you know what? Just like what you like, you know, consume whatever media you want to consume. But sorry, I got off track there. No, uh, that, I did it too. <laughs> um, anything else? Kind of any other ones? Kind of stand out, or maybe on the opposite end of that spectrum, any kind of stand out that you were just really disappointed by the poor effort that was put in well another good one and then it turned really really bad is the one we don't talk about anymore mm. but the first bruno. season of Ga- bruno <laughs> uh the first season of game of thrones and the first book are really really good mm-hmm. they're really close there are conversations that are word for word from the book they might not be like one of the big ones was when john was leaving wonderful and went to the the wall there were several nights and days of travel and they kind of condensed it all to one scene where they're having this ongoing conversation or whatever but it's all there mm-hmm. word for word um that's a good one uh the big letdown for me and my friends was the the shadow hunter movie mm-hmm. and then the show the show was better than the movie but probably because they had more time to flesh out to flesh characters out. and things like that. But they also did the hey, let's change things up and make things different. Mm-hmm. It got to the point where there would be like one little bit in whatever the half hour hour show. There'd be one thing that was perfect from the book, 
and it would make all the books people go, oh my god, that was that moment from the book, and I love it. And But then everything else in the episode would have been different. And didn't we're like, I don't know what's happening. What's going on here? And then we got that one little cookie that made us happy. And then we had to wait till then we tuned in again the next week to see what that one little tidbit was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, they got to the same conclusion. They just took a different route is what I kept trying to explain to people. Uh, you know, the, the outcome was the same. All the characters ended up in the same place at the end, but they didn't go there the same way they did in the books. I'll wrap it up with uh, one of my favorite quotes from Parks and Rec. Yeah. And it was in the the last season. I think they fast forward like five years from where the second, the penultimate season to the last season. I think it fast forwards like five years. And there's a Leslie Nope's character is talking to her husband and says, uh, "We're gonna miss the the series finale of Game of Thrones. Uh, Khaleesi's marrying Jack Sparrow." She says, man, that show has really gone off the rails. And her husband says, it makes sense if you've read the books. <laughs> exactly. So on that note, we're going to wrap it up here on Broomsticks and Butterbeer. Thank you for everybody for downloading, listening, and subscribing. Uh, follow us on Twitter at BroomsticksB. Send us an email, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. Uh, like us and follow us on Facebook as well. And uh, leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Anything else you want to say about Chapter 10 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix? No, I think we covered it. Oh, no. You didn't mention that Molly called her sons idiots in the very first, like, line. They are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, I was like, oh, I did, couldn't, didn't really picture her calling her sons idiots to eh, their faces. Eh, I kind of do. Okay. <laughs> They did knock Jenny down the stairs. So. They did. Two flights of stairs. <laughs> Two flights of stairs. <laughs> but like like you've said uh, many times, the wizarding world is a more... Um, ro- uh, They're more robust. Ro- ro- robust. Uh, they bounce back bouncy? faster. <laughs> so Jenny, Jenny seems like she's all right. Molly so patched her up. If I went down two flights of stairs, I'd be, it'd be a couple years of hard rehab. <laughs> I, was, <coughs> I was trying to picture your mother calling... One of the boys, idiots. Yeah, I could see it. <laughs> Actually, I mean, I could picture her saying worse, but yeah. I don't think I've ever heard her call somebody <laughs> an idiot. That's because you've always heard much, much worse. Much, much worse. Thanks again. Thanks for everybody for following us along uh, on our journey, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Until next time, be a wizard, be a witch, be a muggle, be a squib, but don't be a jerk. Forget. Bye. Bye. I got the magic in me. Every time I touch that track, it turns into gold. Everybody knows I got the magic in me. When I hit the floor, the girls come snapping at me.